Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to see Mizzou. It was a Missouri game against Nebraska at Fro Field. Mizzou came out and hung right with the Huskers. Uh, the Huskers were ranked number one at the time. Nebraska had to score a touchdown on the final play to send the game in overtime. I remember Scott Frost threw the ball into the end zone. The ball flew through the air, and then someone dove for it. Nobody knew quite what happened. Fans started running onto the field. They were jumping on the goalposts because we all thought Mizzou won. But Nebraska had actually scored. They called it the flea kicker. It's one of the most famous plays now in college football history. Even though Mizzou lost that game, it made me a fan of the Tigers forever. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit ColumbiaTribune.com slash sports and click tickets. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. I am Daniel Jones with Cameron Teague Robinson, as usual, and today, November 20th, uh, we're a couple days away from Missouri's last regular season football game of 2018. Wow, hard to believe. Yeah, season just flew by. 11 weeks in, we're uh, about to hit week 12. Missouri 7-4, once again for the really third year in a row. Second year in a row, uh, they've rolled through the month of November, but the third year in a row that November has proved to be their best month of the season. Uh, Coming off a really impressive 50-17 win over Tennessee, beating a team that uh, really – Manhandled Kentucky the week before. I was fixing my glasses. Wow! Cam Cam stopped and and took off his headset I and adjusted his glasses. Man. That was like very professor professor like. <laughs> they were bothering me. I Are you ready to make a really hot take? Because that's what it looked like you were about to do. I, to be honest, I didn't hear what you said. Oh. <laughs> I was focused on trying not to make a lot of noise. That's, like, that's our that's our relationship, Cam. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh yeah, I really wasn't listening to what okay, you were saying. So what did you say? So Missouri mm. is now seven and four. Yep. Packs. Got votes in the AP poll uh, for actually not the first time this season. Um, they did get a couple votes, but they have the most votes this week that they've had all season. So they're ranked, actually, if you were to extend the top 25, they would be ranked number 29. Okay. Yeah. But what was really interesting, what I thought was interesting this week, is computer polls, if you look at the way they rank Missouri have them much higher mm-hmm. than than the AP poll does. And one poll, and this is, I believe, the simple rating system, which is put out by College Football Reference, mm-hmm. they are number 11 in the country. Uh, so I think there's a case to be made here that they might be one of the best, maybe if not the best four-win team in the country. Four-loss team? Four, yeah, four-loss team in the country. Thanks. So we're going to have a debate over four-win teams here on the Tribune's podcast. <laughs> uh, BG doesn't even live up to that standard. Don't make me bring up the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me do it. I'm still raw from last night, man. That was tough. Tuesday, we're, we're doing this on Tuesday, and that Chiefs game really took a lot out of me last yeah, night. Yeah, it did. You were, like, frozen. I just felt mentally exhausted after going through that whole experience. It was like minutes after like you were jumping up and down, screaming and hugging people. Uh, then Ram scored. Like What ended up being the game with a touchdown, and you were just like frozen the rest of the way. I was like, yeah, I've been there before. 
Yeah, tough losses. Yeah. Uh, I, it was just, um, yeah, uh, that that felt like a Super Bowl. I, I don't, I mean, I've never been, I never actually cheered for a team in the Super Bowl, yeah, like yeah. my favorite team in the Super Bowl, but that felt like the Super Bowl. felt like a playoff game. Yeah, it did. And it losing did. it felt like I'm glad I lived a up to the hype, game. though. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, four, four lost teams. Four lost teams. So if you were to hypothetically uh, make a pick on on these other four lost teams, if they were to play Missouri on a neutral field, and there's a good chance that Missouri might play one of these teams in a bowl game in a couple, right, couple right. weeks. But here are the other four lost teams that are in the AP poll that were ranked this week. You have Northwestern, who's going to play in the Big Ten Championship. They're ranked number 20. You have Mississippi State, who is number 22, coming off a blowout win against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You have Pitt, who's going to be playing in the ACC Championship game at number 24. And you have Iowa State at number 25. Uh, Missouri is the highest four-loss team that received votes. And then you also have Texas A&M, Auburn, Iowa, Stanford, and Wisconsin all got votes in the AP poll. Wisconsin's all, bad. All four losses. North, Northwestern beat Wisconsin by like... 15 points or like two possessions like two touchdowns the other day or like a few weeks back Wisconsin's not very good yeah they've been pretty disappointing yeah and every time I think about Wisconsin being bad I think about Jeff Parles our friend from KTGR I I recall at the beginning of the season before the season even started Jeff Parles went on the radio and in classic Jeff Parles I I would try to say it in his voice but I can't I know I can't but he said Wisconsin is fraudulent and bad Fraudulent and bad went on the radio and he nailed it. Yeah, okay. that's got to be the most satisfying feeling. Is just put yourself out there. Well, just if you throw say it, a hot if you take. throw enough hot takes out there, you're gonna be right once once in a while. No, it's gonna feel real good. Yeah, I don't know. Do you throw out enough hot takes? What's a hot take you've had that's uh, that ended up being true? <laughs> oh, that ended up being true. Oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I I did say last year that the Browns are going to be eight and eight, and then they won zero games. So good one. Uh, Jeff Parles also good had one. that hot take. So <laughs> okay. So good job, guys. I don't. I, I can't think of a hot take I've had. But um, yeah. I I don't know. I think Missouri could probably beat a majority of these teams. The only team that I think of, maybe Northwestern. You think? Miss, I maybe, think maybe Mississippi State. So yeah, Mizzou plays Northwestern on a neutral field. Who would you pick? Probably, I'd probably pick Mizzou, but I think that'd be a close game. Mm-hmm. I think Northwestern's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, again, their side of the Big Ten is weak, as weak as weak can get. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I actually think Northwestern's pretty good. It's hard to. I I don't watch a lot of these teams play. Yeah. I don't really know the matchups very yeah, well. I just kind of know the the conference setup. And right. I know the Big Ten is it's like similar to SEC. It's completely lopsided on one side. Although SEC's been pretty fair. Yeah. This year, yeah, um, pretty even. But I think the East, the East might actually be the better division yeah, this I year. Yeah, I think so too. So, but it's deeper. Yeah, I think that's not the case with the Big Ten West. I feel like Mississippi State. They're ranked number twenty-two. Uh, they've been really good against the teams they should be good against. Yeah. Uh, their best win this season has been at Texas A and M. Uh, Missouri's best win this season was at Florida. Right. And uh, Mississippi State also was not real close against Kentucky, uh, was not close against, uh, really uh, not that close against Florida. That game ended up being 13 close. 6 at yeah. Mississippi State. Um, I think. Uh, transit of property, Missouri's better. Right. Which, transit of property, undefeated all time. Always the best way Facts. to pick teams. Yes, it is. That's how I'm 20 games below 500, 500 on picking against the spread in our in our office pool this season. I think, I mean, I feel like Missouri on a neutral field against pretty much all these teams, um, 
would be maybe a Vegas favorite. Uh, certainly, they're. I think they are more explosive than every team that I just listed. Northwestern, Mississippi State, Pitt, Iowa State, A&M, Auburn, Iowa, Stanford, Wisconsin. Is there any team that you think could score with Missouri on a possession-by-possession basis at this point in time, the way they're playing no, right now? No. And I, again, we don't watch a lot of these teams, but right. I can't think of... If, if they could, I would have heard about them like doing this before and I can't think of one of them to do that I think Mississippi State would have the defense to slow them down to slow them down yeah. they've I mean they uh have played they've allowed the Alabama to their fewest points all season um but man I I, I don't think there are very many teams on that list that are yeah far and away better than Missouri yeah, as four lost teams um as I said before Missouri was the top four loss team according to the simple rating system that's college football reference if you look at some of the other college polls like computer polls um jeff sagarin puts out rankings that are published by usa today mizzou is the third highest behind iowa and mississippi state um the football power index that espn puts out missouri is the third highest what's that face i'm not trying to figure out why iowa state's ranked yeah What's their best win this season? Iowa State, West Virginia at home, thirty to fourteen. But they lost to Oklahoma by ten. They beat Akron by thirteen. They beat Oklahoma State by six. They beat Texas Tech by nine. They crushed Kansas, but who doesn't? They Oklahoma doesn't. Yeah, true. Okay. <laughs> they uh, Iowa State beat Baylor, and then they got crushed by Texas last week. And they got a, a, one good win. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I get you know Probably momentum. Just, I think yeah. momentum a little bit there. Um, sorry. Anyway, sorry. Tangent. I, I, had, I, 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 had, I had to look it. Up. I had to ask about the face because the face was like major stink face. Yeah, there. I had to look it up because I was really confused. So Iowa State's Iowa State's actually six and four. They missed out on one of their non-conference games because of bad weather earlier this season. Uh, but according to Football Power Index, Missouri's the third highest there. Uh, and you'd have to look up. I don't recall who are the two above them. And then uh, according to S and P, which is put out by SB Nation and Bill Connolly, uh, Missouri's fifth. So anyway, uh, good case to be made. I think that among four lost teams, Missouri is one of, if not the best team in the country. Uh, and according to some polls, they are between 23, uh, and 11. So the two four lost teams in the football power index ranked above Missouri are Mississippi state, which is nine and Iowa, which is 12. And then Missouri's 14, Texas A&M 16, Auburn 18. I think Missouri and Mississippi state would be, uh, an interesting matchup because I feel like they're very opposite. Yeah. Mississippi State is a run dominant team, and Missouri, you know, t- tends to run the ball really well. But right. Mississippi State is a team that is trying to grind out wins. Right, like right. if you look at their uh, results this season, I mean, all pretty much. I don't think any either team has scored twenty or more than thirty points in a single Mississippi State game all season, except for last week when they just put it on. Yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas. I mean, then I mean, unless you count Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. They beat Kansas State in the beginning of the year, 31-10. And then there was 60 on Stephen F. Austin. But, again, it's SEC opponents. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting in terms of where Missouri ranks. Uh, in terms of four-loss teams this year, I think they've been uh, – They've really found another gear in the last few weeks. Certainly last week against Tennessee, uh, and we saw that against Florida too. Um, those two games, they were really, I mean, dominant. Uh, 
they played great in all phases. The offensive def- and defensive line uh, were stellar in both those games. And on the road this season, Missouri has beaten Purdue, Florida, Tennessee, uh, should have beat probably in most cases South Carolina, and uh, lost to Alabama. <laughs> I was wondering that one, that one didn't really that, that one, one doesn't really match with the rest of the <laughs> yeah. rest of the schedule. But I was wondering how that one was going to come up. <laughs> um, anyway, on the road this season, Missouri's been pretty good. I think their best performances this season, probably their three best games this season, against Purdue, against uh, Florida, Florida, and against yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee yeah. all been on the road. Yeah. What do you think? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. I mean, the Florida and Tennessee games definitely stand out as like their two best games of the year. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd for sure agree with that. And in talking with Drew Locke yesterday, you know, Hunter Dyke, I have to give a shout out to Hunter Dyke. Cam rolls his eyes. Can't stand to see good friend Hunter Dyke get I all like this to praise. See him succeed. His just ego is just blowing up. I got to keep him. <laughs> got to keep him humble, man. That's my job. I got as his friend. I got to keep him humble. Well, we haven't ever let him on the podcast, so we're checking his yeah, ego. He's not that getting way. on either. He has gotten some great photos of our of Missouri's last two road games. Uh, for our coverage, and that included a couple shots of Drew Locke hugging his family after the Florida win, and then similar uh, reactions after the Tennessee win. And it almost seems like in those moments that road games mean something different. And for Drew, who's played so well on the road this season, we were talking about uh, to him about that yesterday uh, during media availability and he kind of said that yeah it is a little bit special he said that what he enjoys more than anything is going into a packed stadium and quieting them he said that feels so much better and he said I love playing at home but the feeling of going into a packed stadium and that feeds with Drew because he has that swagger he likes to talk a little bit of trash and he likes to be the guy I mean that's kind of who Drew is I think he obviously enjoys playing at home and feeling the support but I mean for him from just from what we know about him and what fans know about him, that has to be the perfect feeling for him. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think yeah, good summation. It, it, it does match with his personality, and uh, and certainly in the last two weeks or last two road games, yeah, yeah. he's he's proved that. I mean, that's uh, yeah, pretty close to the best we've seen Drew Lock play. Yeah. Yeah. And D- D- which is good because it was beginning of the year. It was like one of those things, or beginning of conference play. It was one of those things where it's like, where, where is Drew gonna? When is Drew going to pick it up? When, what's happening here? Um, and I think, he, like I think with Emmanuel Hall gone, I think what you saw is a lot of people try to learn their role and try to figure out. You saw a lot of freshmen out there trying to figure out what they're supposed to do, and I think now you're seeing the benefits of that. Like you don't really want to struggle, but I think if you're going to struggle, now you're now you're kind of reaping the benefits of those guys learning how to be out there and play. I mean, Daniel Parker wasn't really out there, but now he's in, like he knows that. He knows he needs to step up. Just Sintos playing well. I mean, I think you're seeing a lot of people kind of the running game is now kind of back to where what a lot of people expected it to be early in the season. Um, so, I mean, you never want to struggle, but I think they've they're reaping the benefits of fighting through that for early in the year. Yep, yep, yep. Speaking of the run game, Demarie Crockett uh, questionable to play this week. Barry Odom was optimistic. Uh, Demarie did show up to media day yesterday and went in a boot on his left foot. We all thought it was an ankle. In fact, he did. He he sprained his right ankle and a toe on his left foot on the same play against Tennessee that took him out of the game. 
He said yesterday that his ankle is actually healing up faster. He's able to walk on it, and that's getting better quicker than the toe, which has been a little bit more stubborn. So Demario Crockett, Arkansas guy, has never played the Razorbacks. And for him, it's personal. He didn't get an offer from Arkansas in-state. So I think he is, I mean, he told us yesterday, really looking forward to playing against Arkansas, but right now he's trying to get back and be healthy. Um, Here's a little brief on Arkansas. Bad. B-A-D. Bad. So to say, That's, Arkansas that, is bad. Can, the words of Cam, the words of Cam T. Robinson. <laughs> well, last week on the podcast, I remember, I remember looking up Arkansas's record. And I go, "What? They don't have an SEC win still?" Yeah, this is what it says. It says Arkansas is bad. So I was just telling you guys what our prompts on our podcast outline says. Our prompts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You say written, that like, written by you, Daniel Jones. You say that like we have people that just write prompts for our we podcast. Have, we have a podcast writer. If you would like to be a podcast writer, <laughs> if you would like to write our scripts. Four teams, no, three teams, three teams in college football and Power Five conferences have not won a conference game this season. Rutgers, Louisville, Arkansas. Right now, the Razorbacks are tied for 13th in the SEC in scoring offense out of 14. They're 13th in scoring defense. They're 12th in total offense, 12th in total defense. How did this team, how many points, did they, they played up like 30-some points on Alabama, didn't they? Yeah, I think uh, probably 75 to 80% of those were in the fourth quarter yeah, with the game totally out of hand. Still. I was like, I remember seeing that and I was like, it was because it was before Mizzou played them. And I go, oh, Mizzou could do that. Like, if, if Arkansas is putting up, um, how many did they, I'm trying to look it up, but they put up like 30 something on Alabama. Yeah, if, I was like, if Arkansas could put up 31 on Alabama, Mizzou could do that. Like, that's fine. And then obviously not, but I was like shocked. Right. No, I think I was too. Uh, But Alabama had reason to play hard and for through most of the Mizzou game when they didn't have to against Arkansas. Yeah, I agree. Here's the thing that I think a lot of people will find interesting. The best player on Arkansas's offense, Rakeem Boyd, who made famous by Last Chance U. And he played it... Uh, in the last season mm-hmm. in Kansas. Yep, I can't remember the name in school. Independence, right? Yes, yeah, yep. Independence. Independence. Uh, who was your favorite last chance you player? Him. It was him. It was? Yeah. No, um, there was, no, there was that DB. Um, was it Buddy? Um, oh, no, it was... Um, oh, I can't think of his name. He was the linebacker who, like... Um, what's his name? Always yelled at. Not not from season one. No, I'm talking about season three. Um, I'm looking up the cast right now. The guy who always got personal he, fouls. Yes, he I would can. get. He would like rough the passer in every game. No, that's the defense. That you're talking about the defensive lineman. Yeah, I'm okay, thinking, talking about the lineman. linebacker. He like he was good for a while. Then he got like in trouble. And then he had they to sit him down. Oh, Bobby. 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 I loved Bobby. He was my favorite. Bobby. Yeah, Bobby's my favorite. Yeah, Bobby. Sad story. He yeah. like got arrested after the season was over. Yeah, but I think he got got through that. Bobby Bruce. Yeah. Bobby Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. That, that guy. guy. That was my guy. That guy. He's like. Uh, he's like it, it pretty much. I feel like every football team has a like Bobby Bruce. Yeah. That is like, I mean, Bobby Bruce. I feel like has zero. Like care about his own well-being yeah like he will fly into a tackle yeah. or a play without any caution to the wind and to the point where the coaches are like bobby yeah that's you, you cannot do that <laughs> yeah i love him man. He was that so wasn't good. what you're supposed to do on the play he's awesome yeah uh, he he's been tweeting a little bit so i'm guessing he's not in jail bobby bruce yeah good for bobby yeah but yeah that, he, that was my guy 
I did. I thought Rakeem Boyd was the most talented player on that show. He was, I, was by far. He was close. really good. If you haven't yeah. seen the third season of Last Chance U, uh, pretty much their entire offense by the end of the season was Rakeem give Boyd. the ball to Rakeem yeah. Boyd. Yeah. Ended up at Arkansas. Who was the the defensive lineman who we were talking about that uh, made all the defensive that made all the personal foul yeah. penalties? Yeah. He would get like unnecessary roughness, and he was he would like Emmett Gooden. Yeah, he's at Tennessee. He's at Tennessee, yeah. He's at Tennessee. Yeah. I, I do not remember his name popping up last week. Yeah, he didn't. If you didn't see any personal fouls, yeah, <laughs> he wasn't sent off for targeting. Yeah, true, that so. wasn't him. It was a different guy. Uh, anyway, watch out for Rakeem Boyd this week. Uh, here's a story too. We should talk about defensively. Arkansas will be missing two starters in the secondary: Ryan Pulley and Cameron Curl, because they were exchanging information with Mississippi State dance team members before last week's game. Chad Morris, Arkansas's coach, called it totally unacceptable. Kim, what say you? Those are the type of guys I want on my team. Guys that are fraternizing with uh, with the dance team. Hey, man. <laughs> hey. hey, man. You got to do what you got to do. See, uh, attractive female, you just want to say hello. You talk a little bit. You think, oh, maybe I could get to know this girl. Give her your number. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I don't I, think there is. I don't think there is either. I couldn't. I couldn't believe that. I could not believe that. I can understand like you want them to be focused during. Was it? It was before the game, right? Yeah. But like supposedly, come on, man. Come lighten up a little bit. Just like talk to them. Like they don't need to be suspended over it. Like you don't like them doing it. Just be like, yo, you can't do that. It seems extremely yeah. excessive to suspend them for a game. Yeah, that's stupid. That's so dumb. And that's so dumb. That's a gentleman move to get a phone number. That's like old school. Yeah. You know exactly. So unless there's something else that no one else knows about, that's right. the stupidest thing. I've, that's right. the stupidest thing to be suspended about. For here's Dan Wetzel from Yahoo. He wrote a big column about this today. He was upset, talking about Chad Morris, Arkansas's coach. Boy, this guy must be fun at a party. He claimed the suspensions were needed because he was building a culture that is evidently opposed to any normal college behavior. Coach, buddy, you've had one winning season in your college coaching career, and you and you're being paid three point five million dollars a year. Things are good. R-E-L-A-X. Look, maybe for you, a social life of attending booster meetings in the Ozarks where a bunch of middle-aged men shout woo pig over and over is satisfactory to each their own. But let me break this down for you. For a college guy or just about anyone, getting to meet the Mississippi State dance team is the American dream. Cam? Agreed. <laughs> like, there's a lot of people You were making some that. nonverbal gestures. Yeah. I wanted to make sure you said it out loud. If that opportunity comes around and says, Wetzel, you've got to shoot your yeah, shot. Yeah, exactly. I can, I, you could talk to any college kid on campus, no matter athlete, anything. Hey, if the Mississippi State dance team is right in front of you, would you want to go shoot your shot? Most of them would say yes. Just like, this is what you do. You want to shoot your shot. Maybe you got a chance, maybe you don't. But only one way to find out. Yeah, and now they got suspended for it. <laughs> so, so what? What would the equivalent of that be? That would be like taking a three pointer and being whistled for like make it like it's like make it making the three pointer, but being uh, dress like dress code violation. Yeah, or, like yeah. your socks are pulled up yeah, too high. Or you make a three pointer and your pants fall down when you drop when you run it back down the floor, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get nicknamed Moon the rest of the season. <laughs> That's the equivalent of that. That's a great. This the podcast is a great place to share the information that we got on Tyler Beatty because we were debating yesterday if it's really newspaper worthy. Yeah, Tyler Beatty 
unfortunately, in one of his best plays of the game yeah. against Tennessee. Third down, Drew Locke dumps it off to him. Tennessee defender grabs him by the waistline. Pulls the pants down. Down come the pants. Amen. Demarie Crockett said yesterday he was in the locker room getting treated. He came out of the tunnel and was standing on the sideline. First thing he saw, Tyler Beatty's backside. He goes, oh, wow, this is an interesting game. <laughs> or an eventful game, I think I saw, is what he said. I saw that um, that um, Paul Adams said Drew couldn't even get the playoff on the yeah. next play. He was laughing so much. Like, so, yeah, awesome. next 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 play, everybody's trying to compose themselves. Demario Crockett's on the sideline. He said, I can see these guys. Are, they can't focus at all. <laughs> Drew Locke said yesterday, he goes, yeah, we, we it took about 20 seconds for everybody to go, Okay, we got to play. We got to play. Uh, But afterward, we learned, Demaria Crackett told us that Tyler Beatty's new nickname, unfortunately, is Moon. That Uh, sucks, man. Drew Locke called it the play of the season. He goes, the mental mental toughness to play. play." He goes, that's the play of the season right there. I don't know how anybody could do that. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, the whole team got a good laugh out of it. We got a good laugh out of it yesterday talking to the players. Mizzou plays Arkansas 2 o'clock on Friday, last game of the regular season, and then we'll learn their bull fate uh, the weekend after that. We will learn their bull fate the day that Mizzou basketball plays Temple. Temple. Mizzou basketball this week went 2-1 and one in the Virgin Islands. Before we get there, we're going to stop real quick for a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk about men's and women's basketball. like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of the Mizzou Sports Podcast, MU Healthcare, Columbia Water and Light, and Phyllis Nichols of State Farm. The University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of Mizzou Athletics. Columbia Water and Light encourages the efficient use of electricity and water because it can make a big difference for all of us. Find out more at columbiapowerpartners.com and contact State Farm agent Phyllis Nichols at 573-443-8727 for life, home, car insurance, and more. Thanks again to our sponsors, and now we'll return you to the podcast. So Mizzou basketball last week, this weekend I should say, went 2-1 in the Virgin Islands, beat Kennesaw State 55-52, a game that was extremely close, they beat Oregon State 69-63 and lost to Kansas State 82-67. Cam, what you watched all three games as our basketball reporter, as a good reporter should and did. What were your biggest uh, takeaways from the three basketball games this weekend? Uh, I, I will say that like, going into the tournament, it's crazy how things change. It's similar to the, bas- to the football season where we like you put a game – like before the season, you like give a prediction. Like if Mizzou wins eight, eight games, it's a good season. I thought if Mizzou went down here and got two wins and then lost to Kansas State, it's a good tournament. I still believe that. But when you look at the Kennesaw game, you're like, uh oh, it was terrifying. Like everybody was just like, this season's over. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you still have the similar questions. Like who in the world is going to score for this team? Jordan Guys had back to back 20 point games for his time in his career. Everyone likes to rag on Jordan Guys. It's. It's unbelievable. He's think, like he's like the team yes, whipping boy. Yeah, and not not like within the team, but fans. R- yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think at the same point, if you're going to do that, if you're going to be mad about the pass to Christioza from last year, which it seems like people are still upset about, <laughs> come on, people, um, get over it. Yeah. Like if you're going to be mad about that, I think you also have to give him credit. He was the best player on the floor for Missouri all season. I mean, the the whole tournament, he was terrific. Um, so that that was that's a good point. Jeremiah Tillman foul trouble hit up. He fouled, 
filed out in two straight games. Bad. Thought, thought we might be over that. Yeah, because he had went four games We're not. the first time. We're not. He, yeah, it, it was a lot. I mean, last year he had two in the first four games and then had four in the fourth game. So it was just like, um, but then he, he filed out in the fourth game and then filed out with two points and three or four rebounds last night. Not good. Um, Missouri really needs him on the floor. Uh, and they just got to find some way to get some – like, the Kansas State game was their best offensive performance. Like, they didn't lose to Kansas State because they couldn't score. They lost to Kansas State because somehow Kansas State started hitting shots. Kansas State Threes. Entered, yeah, Kansas State entered the game shooting 20% from three, and they shot 50% from three. Dean Wade attempted four threes all season and was four of six against Mizzou. Like, if they're going to do that, you just got to put your hands up and say good game. Tip your cap. Yeah. And that's what Konzo said after the game. On the radio. It was just like, yeah. if they're going to shoot 50%, good game. So, so I don't think it's a bad performance by them. I think it was a good job of them to battle back after the Kennesaw State game. It's very similar. This season is very eerily similar to last year. The Iowa State game, they got blown out. They got blown out at Utah last year. Last year, they came back from the Utah game, played Emporia State at home, and almost lost. This year, they come back from the Iowa State game, play Kennesaw State, and almost lose. Then you bounce back with two some some a few really good games before losing to West Virginia in that tournament last year. Similar thing here. Um it's encouraging in the sight that they're bouncing back from that. Offensively, they're playing better. Um, they're not turning the ball over as much. But you still got to find a score. I just like that's the thing that no one knows. Like I, Jordan Geist is leading the team in scoring, and I don't know if he's your leading scorer. I, that's, I don't know who is your leading scorer on this team. Which it actually leads me to my next question. According to the prompt that some person Shout out lovingly, Ghostwriter. <laughs> lovingly put together before the podcast, if you had to bet on who will be the leading scorer at the end of the season, who would you say? At the beginning of the year, I was thinking it might be Torrance Watson. Which and I, which I think is really interesting. Through five games, Torrance Watson has taken twenty-seven shots. He, he just doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't. His shots not falling. So maybe there's a confidence thing going on. Um, he's a terrific shooter. His whatever his percentage is, I think he's like. It's not a great. I try, I'm trying to find it, but it's not great. He's a much better shooter than that. Like you can see it. Like the shots are rimming out. Um, he's a much better shooter than as I try to just take time for the. He's a much better shooter than a 22 percent <laughs> shooting from three. Good, it's, good, it's good job. Yeah. Good job. Um, but I don't know. I thought it would be him. I, I didn't. I don't think it's going to be Mark Smith. I don't think he's that going to be that consistent shooter for them all year. I think currently shooting fifty percent from three. Yeah, I don't think he's that's gonna. That's I don't think seems that's seems un, unsustainable. Yeah, for a guard. Um, but I think he's gonna be there. I think he's gonna be there at the top. I don't know. Is it Jordan Geist? Is it is it Kevin Perrier? I that's the thing. I, I legitimately, <laughs> if I'm putting money on it, I'm probably going Kevin because I think Kevin can is is kind of versatile in the sense where he can play inside, play out a little bit, but. I don't know. I, I think Jordan Geis is going to start making shots now. I mean, he's got a little more confidence. He's shooting 28% from three and is still leading the team in points. Like, he's going to shoot better. Um, so, and he's shooting, he's playing really well, shooting really well from the free throw line. It's just, it's, I don't think it's going to be Jeremiah because he's not playing great right now. Right. Um, he's not going to be somebody that makes a lot of free throws right. on a regular basis either. Yeah. I'm thinking, it's, I think if you're talking about who's going to be the leading scorer on this team, it's, it's weird enough, it's going to be probably going to be who's the best free throw shooter. And you're looking at Kevin and Jordan Geist. Um, so I would probably lean Kevin, but it could easily be Jordan Geist as well. And I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily what you want. I don't know if that's necessarily the role people thought they would have when they came into the season. What is interesting, I think, too, you talked about how the results have been kind of similar through five games. You had, like you said, uh, lost to Iowa State, kind of feels like the loss to Utah. And then you go two and one at a, you know, a neutral site tournament. 
But what is definitely different is the makeup of this team oh, yeah. compared to the makeup of last yeah. year's team and the way they score and yeah. the way their formula for winning games and losing games. Yeah, last year was spread make three point shots, yeah. and this year it is defend your butt off and find and find a way to put points on the board. It's really that hundred percent. This team's going to win by defense. They're not going to win beating people putting up seventy points, 75, 80 points. They're going to win by defense and. And the, and they'll find their points throughout the game, like whether that's on a fast break, forcing some turnovers, um, getting to the basket, the free throw line, um, and then knocking down shots when you need to. I think that's how this team is going to be successful this year. Which for 16 minutes against Kansas State, they were right there, and then Kansas State <laughs> should have ended the game right yeah, then. And Kansas State was like, all right, it's Dean Wade hit two straight threes, and it was it was just over. They went on 13-0 run in the first half, and then Mizzou kind of never got back in. Mizzou might have still been in shock that Dean Wade was shooting three-pointers. I couldn't believe it. I like wrote in my preview, because they had just played Trust Tinkle um, from uh, Oregon, Oregon State. State. And I was like, I was like, Dean Wade's not as versatile as Trust Tinkle. And then this dude just comes in, wow, three. I go, <laughs> I go, I go, all right, that was lucky. Uh, that was a little lucky. And then he hit another one, and I was like, and then he hit another one, and Kevin Purry's hand was right in his face. And I go, was I wrong? Like, I, I wasn't wrong. So then I started looking back into, like, his stats career-wise, and I was like, I couldn't have been wrong. Like, I've looked at all this, and I was like, no, this is just unbelievable. Mm. Like, you can't – when they're doing that – because Kansas State is very similar to Mizzou. Yeah. Because Bruce Pearl – no, it's not Bruce Pearl. Oh, my God, I can't believe Bruce Weber. Weber, yeah. And Kanzo are both uh, Gene Cady uh, guys, and they're both defense-first. So if Kansas State's hitting shots like that. There's not a lot of teams in the country that are going to hang with them when they're doing that. Kansas State's a good team. Yeah. It, what, it, what were they ranked going into 12, the weekend? 12. 12. Yeah. I mean, that might go up yeah. based on some of the other results around the nation. But, uh, yeah, very strong test. And I think one thing, I mean, last year they had West Virginia on the ropes. Yeah. And that was them playing their best game yeah. and just not having not enough having at the enough. end. Turning, yeah. turning the ball over too many times at the end of the game against the press. I think that might be where you see the difference in the potential of last year's team and the potential of this year's team, which is you last year's team, if you get hot shooting threes, yeah. you can push yeah. teams, like really good teams. Yeah. Mizzou beat Tennessee last year. Yeah. And Kentucky. And Kentucky. Yeah. Was, I mean, looking back on it, that was pretty impressive accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Texas A&M, who made a Sweet 16. Right. Like, they're good. I don't see those wins kind of yeah, happening this year. I used to say a lot last year that last year's team's margin of error was very slim. This year's team is much slimmer. Can we can we address that real quick? That is a phrase we hear all the a time. A lot, yeah. To translate it, in my mind, don't when, make mistakes. When you say margin of error is slim, it means our team isn't that talented yeah. co- comparatively to the teams we're playing. Right, right. If you have a big Alabama football has a big margin of error, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They cannot play their best game and win a lot of games. They right. end up playing their best game a lot, right? Right. But their margin of error is big, right? If you say our margin of error is small, it means we have to play our best game every game, pretty much every game to win. Yeah, that's I. When coaches say that, they say it all the time. Yeah. I feel like it's a PSA. Here's what they mean. Yeah. If you don't, if you are not, you're. We're not that talented to where we can't play very well we can't just show up and beat people exactly right 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 yeah exactly maybe that's superfluous maybe nobody needed that explained but since coaches say that all the time i feel like i wish they would just say hey our team isn't that good so we have to play our best game to win this weekend exactly yeah Derek Dooley kind of said that this weekend when he or in in monday's press conference i guess he didn't say it like that he said but in talking about the run game uh, said if we don't run the ball well, we're going to lose. Yeah, I mean he said that point blank. Yeah. If we don't run the ball well this weekend, we're going to lose. Yeah, 
I feel like that's the way they talk to the team, yeah, not often the way they talk to us. us. Right, right. But yeah, like, I mean, if last year's margin of error was slim, this year's is much slimmer. Just because they don't, I mean, Cash is gone, Jordan is gone. Those are guys who you could just get the ball and say, you know that they can make a shot when you need it. Jonte's gone, hurt. Um, so I don't know. It's tough. It's still, I think they're still trying to figure out things offensively. But I, like I said, I think this team, their, their whole, um, I can't talk today, bro. Um, their whole, uh, <laughs> Identity. identity yeah is going to be on the defensive end they've got a it's just going to be gritty and for 16 17 18 minutes of that Kansas State game they were there I thought they were I was looking at the game I was like wow like the energy's high they're playing very strong I mean everybody was playing well defensively and then Kansas State goes on a run and you just can't answer things kind of go down from there where do they go from from here they they have a while they play yeah, they, play, they go about eight days without yeah. a game they play temple on the 27th and then they have five game home homestand temple ucf ut arlington oral roberts and xavier who actually just took um auburn uh, what is wrong with me today gosh um uh, i'm burnt man uh they just took auburn to overtime that uh, was uh, two days ago. Yeah, or yesterday I think. Last night. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, maybe it was, it was yesterday. It was, two, it was, it was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. They lost eighty-eight to seventy-nine to uh, Auburn. Auburn outscored them eleven to two in overtime. So Auburn again, a Final Four caliber type team. So um, Xavier, we thought would have a down year. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but again, that'd be a challenge. I think that's their biggest challenge before going to bragging rights. Touching on women's basketball a little bit. Women's basketball, I uh, believe they fell in the polls this week after yeah. a loss to Green Bay. They're and 21 now. Green Bay was uh, is a perennial tournament team. I mean, that's a team that goes to the NCAA tournament more years than they don't. Yeah. So that was never going to be an easy non-conference game. But Missouri's offense just still not clicking like you would hope it would. Uh, they won last night, and Eric Blum wrote the game story from that one that is currently up on ColumbiaTribune.com. Missouri beat SIUE 59-36, to which was significantly fewer points than were scored in Los Angeles by the Chiefs of Rams last night. Um, but right now, the offense is not looking real consistent for Missouri. They're only shooting 40% from the field, which is pretty low in terms of uh, teams in the Southeastern Conference. And this is the really concerning part. They're only hitting 25% from three, which for a team like Missouri is guard-oriented and spread the floor. They've sold out on the positionless basketball, as Robin mentioned uh, before the season. That is too low yeah. to be competitive. Yeah. The only player shooting above 30% from three is Lauren Aldridge, and she's at 43%. Yeah. And she took one three last night and missed it. She didn't even score last night. She took a one shot. Um the reliance on freshmen, we talked about yeah, it the last podcast, a lot of them. but that is going to be the story of the season. Yeah. Graceburg and Akira Levy are the number three and number four scorers yeah. for hey, Missouri right now. Haley Troop is probably, I mean, one of their best shooters coming off the bench, um, and she didn't make a shot last night. Um, yeah, it's tough. And Sophie's not even shooting well. That's the one person you expect to be like, hey, if, if we need a bucket, Sophie's not going to knock it she's, down. She's been limited by foul trouble. She yeah. was, uh, fouls really hurt her in the season opener, and then against Green Bay. Uh, she had she sat the last 15 minutes of the first half or no I think it was the last, last 11 minutes of the first half so that's kind of not I mean not a new issue for Sophie yeah but something that has to be corrected for Missouri to get yeah. to a place where they're as good as their ranking is uh, certainly a lot of talent and I think we and I think you said it perfectly a couple weeks ago Steam has a lot of talent and can be really explosive, but they're moving to a system that is totally unfamiliar, that, yeah. that is pretty much the opposite of the way they played last year. Yeah. There's going to be a, a period where they're 
transitioning right. and we're kind of seeing it right now this is where you would want to see it you don't want to see it in an sec play when you're going against the texas a&ms and the south carolinas and the mississippi states of the world um because those are the times where you can pick up big resume building wins where you can host an NCAA tournament which robin wants to do um so yeah it's it's been tough they are struggling offensively but i thought it was interesting green bay i didn't know last year led the country in defense of like points allowed they allowed less than 50 points a game last year which again that's a, and that's not like a that's a um, team thing. That's a, that's that's something that just stays in the program. That's a culture thing. Uh, that's not something where you lose a few people like, oh, we can't play defense now. Um, that's just who they are. So they're going to do that. Uh, but I was surprised that they Mizzou lost that game and shot so poorly. Right. And I know Robin Pynchon had also talked about this year's schedule and how it was more difficult from a non-conference perspective with the intention of yeah. hosting. Yeah. Uh, problem is you have to win yeah. those competitive games to get that to get that top seed and, that, and they'll have a chance in this there, there will be lots of, there will be lots of opportunities to make up for that yeah and the in the coming weeks and months uh, another thing about the women's basketball team right now that stands out they have 64 turnovers through four games at 16 per game in their turnover margin on average is minus 2.25 that's third worst in the sec so yeah. that also doesn't help the offense so some things to work out for the women's basketball team, which, again, played last night at Mizzou Arena. And then, Cam, when's the next time they play at home? Uh, they're gone for a while. They come back home December 2nd and play West Virginia. Um, but they real quick on that, they go to Florida for the Gulf Coast Showcase. Um, they'll, they'll play Michigan on 23rd. And then they'll play likely Texas, who's ranked 10th in the country. And then Duke, who's, who's likely Duke in the championship game, who's receiving – um, top 25 votes. That's votes. if Mizzou were to win the right. first two games. Right, right, right. So um, That's a very competitive field. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big, and that we were talking about getting top 20, getting resume building wins. Um, there's your chance right there. Yeah. Start, starting early, yeah. which is kind of what you have to do if you want to host regional games at the end of the year. Yeah. And the Tigers just missed out on that last year. I think that'll do it for us. We've wrapped, uh, we've talked about a lot of stuff uh, again coming up this weekend. Missouri football at home. Uh, at 2 p.m. on Black Friday. And I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast. Uh, if listen it's, to it over Thanksgiving dinner. Let your whole family listen. Right. I was. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Behind, uh, mute, mute the football and listen to our Mizzou basketball podcast. That'd be, or not basketball podcast, sports podcast. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. What I was going to mention, if you listen to it in the next hour at by 5 p.m. on Tuesday, you can still call and get a free ticket to the football game courtesy of barry odom uh you have to call this is posted after 5 p.m right for those that are listening after 5 p.m uh you have unfortunately missed your opportunity if you haven't already called but the number is through the tiger scholarship office uh or tyler scholarship tiger scholarship fund Uh, i don't know what it is off the top of my head so if you want free tickets you'll have to work for it by finding that phone (laughs) number uh i think that's fair right yeah sure i'm trying i'm currently scrolling through twitter trying to find it I'm trying to help you get. Yeah, it is five seven three eight eight two zero seven zero four. If only we did a live show, then we could. I mean, we'd have people all the time. Yeah, ringing up. Exactly. We need a producer too. So we uh, do. That would be yeah, great. We need a scriptwriter and a producer. Oh. Right. Right now, scriptwriter, editor, producer, and host. Yeah, is all the same person. Wow, are you leaving? Huh? Are you leaving? Why do we need a new host? I, I'm just saying they're all the same person. Oh, uh, I thought you were saying we need all those things. Huh? I thought you were trying to get off the podcast. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, you won't you won't get paid much. We'll pay you in thanks. And there's a water fountain outside. So. <laughs> With that said, Danny, cue the outro music.
sure and subscribe to Mizzou's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.